Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Indiana basketball was riding high. IU was climbing up the top 25. Purdue was the number one team in the nation. And then reality came punching people directly in the face. You've got Purdue going down to Maryland. You've got IU losing to Northwestern. And you've got two programs that were crushing giving up games that people would think, oh, no, 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 these these are games that you should win. Tony Katz, good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.5107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. Let's talk about those IU men uh, first uh, because this loss to Northwestern, um, do you put it into not being able to hit a three? You're putting this into bad defense? What's going on here? No, nah, they struggled. Trace Jackson Davis talked about it after the game. They struggled in the first half, got down 19, 21 points. And, you know, this is not a team, Tony, that's conducive to getting back in any double-digit deficit type of game quickly because they just don't have the arsenal of a consistent three-point threat out there. And basically that was on the shoulders of Trace Jackson Davis in the second half being outstanding again. That gave them a shot in that game of Northwestern. Also, Northwestern's legit, Tony, this year. You know, normally back in the day, you just kind of recognize if Northwestern was going to be good at something, it was probably going to be the Quiz Bowl. But this year, they're good in basketball. This year, they're going back to the NCAA tournament for the second time in, what, six seasons, and they're riding at the top right now behind Purdue in in the Big Ten. So they're having a spectacular season. They're really good at Welsh Ryan Arena. We saw that on Sunday against then number one Purdue, and we've also seen with IU and Purdue, and I'm sure we'll talk about them in a second, the fact that it is tough this time of year on the road in the Big Ten. And I think a lot of this in what we have seen is expected now, what we want to see is how these teams bounce back. IU tomorrow at home against Illinois, and the Boilermakers after losing last night on the road at Maryland, uh, getting, I believe, Ohio State coming up this weekend, too. So we'll see how they bounce back. And that, that I get what you're saying about the bounce back. How they bounce back is important, yeah. but I think it's kind of more important how they got in into the place. Losing to Maryland, uh, Purdue, 68-54, uh, to 54, it's the first win for Maryland over a top-five opponent since 2016. Um, Purdue, people figured out how to stop Zach Eady and therefore the rest of the team just collapsing around him? Well, in, you look at it this way, Tony, and that's, he got help from Braden Smith last night, but not a lot of other help. And, you know, they uh, were awful from three-point land. And that's kind of a situation that is comparable to Tracy Jackson Davis and IU. I mean, he, he gets going. You're going to count on him. He's going to give you what he normally does. So will Zach Eady. And then you got to have somebody pop up consistently in a support group type of thing offensively. You know, Braden Smith gave them that help. I thought the turning point last night on the road, and by the way, Maryland is unbeaten in the Big Ten this year at home, so that is a difficult place to play without question. But I thought the turning point was when Mason Gillis got that technical for reacting to the foul call. That just kind of turned the tables there, and then Maryland went on a long run. And, you know, basically, 
about 12 minutes of that second half was absolutely brutal to watch. So from a Purdue standpoint, you just have to have support. Purdue and IU, to me, are very similar offensively when it comes to having great players, elite-level players, but those players need support for them to be the best they can be. And on some nights, if that support's not there, they're going to be susceptible to a loss, especially in a place like Maryland. We saw that last night. We saw that for the Hoosiers on Wednesday night at Evanston. Talking to JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. Um, IU has at least dealt with some losses and dealt with battling back. And you can argue they've learned from that, right? They know that when they have a loss, they can come back from it and build. For Purdue, does this hit more to the psyche? How much does, does that actually play in to a team looking forward? Um, well, I will say this for the fan base, it does because the fan base, Tony, honestly, is just kind of sitting back and waiting for things to, to implode, not necessarily in the regular season, but they want to fast forward to March and to the NCAA tournament and they want to see this team get over then. So Purdue fans are just kind of sitting back and waiting for the bad to happen. And I'd advise them to, to just kind of soak this up right now because there are going to be bumps on the road in this season. This is not your average elite-level teams at the top of the Big Ten this year, but certainly it is balanced, and basically anybody outside of Minnesota can beat, and Ohio State, as it seems, too, can beat you on a night-in and night-out basis in the Big Ten. But I think, honestly, this bump on the road for the Boilermakers, losing three of the last four and those three on the road, I think those are things where Matt Painter is going to go to work and work on these guys to make them better. With that freshman backcourt still trying to learn and trying to find pieces that mix and pieces offensively that can consistently give Zach Eady a little bit of help. I don't think this is the end of the world by any stretch of the imagination for the Boilermakers. Let's move it out uh, from there. Let's take a look at the Pacers going into the All-Star break. Um, this is a team that you want to love. This is a team that wa- that you think can generate a- a- excitement, and this is a team that is not, uh, well, I-, I argue not living up to expectations. Maybe you would argue this is kind of what you expected. Yeah. Is there a second half of this season that gets these Pacers into the playoffs? Not far into the playoffs, just into the playoffs. They have uh, more than a handful of games to start the, the uh, post-All-Star break regular season again on the road and tony they have been absolutely brutal on the road i don't think they've won on the road since what december going back to december you mean they've been brutalized uh, they haven't been brutal they've been brutalized i think yeah playing i think i could describe it as them playing brutally but yes you're right they have been brutalized they have played brutal on the road i don't think they've won since boston maybe miami back in december whatever i mean it's a struggle so they got a lot of road games uh, to start after the All-Star break. And and what you said a moment ago is accurate. We've talked about this before. This is more of what this team is than what it was pre-Tyrese Halliburton excitement before that injury and he went down, all that excitement of being four and five games over 500. That was more of a product of the schedule. And this is more of a product of who this team really is. And I, I do. I think it stinks, too, because I want some winning around here. You and I both want some winning. We're sick and tired of losing. Um, and that part stinks. But to grow and to build this team, we all thought it was going to be this case going in. They kind of dangled that carrot a little bit. They're still an ever-evolving team that need more pieces. And we'll see what they can do coming up in the offseason. Because I think we're going to see more 
here down the stretch of the regular season of what we have seen recently, and that's probably a lot of losing. Even with that win over the Bulls, they go into the All-Star break at home where they come back from 21 down. I think we're going to see a lot more, Tony, of this as we move forward in the remainder of the regular season. Talking to JMV from 93.5107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. This brings us to the Colts. Shane Steichen, the head coach, you get the video message. Uh, I think it was the video message. I only heard the audio of it. From uh, Jeff Saturday, uh, taking everything in stride, the gentleman uh, that he is. You've now had a couple of days to look at Steichen. You've had a couple of days to digest uh, his uh, statements coming to Indianapolis. Your take on uh, him, what we, ex- uh, what changes we should expect from this offense and exactly how PO'd is Jeff Saturday? Well, I, I think deep down inside, and, and Jeff takes the high road, which we all expected. So I think deep down inside, it was tremendously hurtful. And, you know, from, from what I've heard, maybe he, he thought, because obviously Jim Irsay was the one that brought him in, that maybe he had a legitimate chance. I, I will say this, Tony, too. I think if they, if they win that game in Minnesota, which they should have, if they win that game at Dallas, which they should have, if you beat Houston at the end, if you win two or three of these games, he's back. I do. Now, Chris Ballard may not be here, but I think he is back. I think Jim Irsay brings him back if they win a couple of those games that they should have. But he took the high road afterwards. You would expect that. We'll see. We saw Shaquille Leonard last week out in, in Arizona. He was all of Pat McAfee and, you know, really talked up Jeff Saturday. I think that in that locker room, there were a lot of those players that liked Jeff a great deal. But you could also make the argument of, okay, if you like the guy, maybe you should have played better while he was here to give him more of a chance. Now, Shane Steichen in mind, he's the new head coach. I had him on my show two days ago. Uh, He is not the most uh, Mr. Personality type of guys out there. He is straight, and he is to the point. But he is going to be about offense. He is going to be about skill position players. That is something that we have whined and cried about around here forever and Chris Bell is going to have to have a change in philosophy because Shane Steichen is not going to be so much about the blueprint that Chris Ballard had. He's going to be more about skill position players and wide receivers and weapons and going out and getting your quarterback and putting up big numbers offensively. He said at that press conference, he said to me that they're going to throw the football to score. They're going to run the football to win games. That means you have to have people to throw and then people to throw the football too. So I think Colts fans will like that aspect of it as they continue to grow with this first-year head coach in this offense. Yes or no questions. Ready? Here we go. Is Matt Ryan with this team at the start of the season? No. He's done by April, I'm going to guess. Is Sam Ellinger with this team by the start of the season? Yes. You're You're saying yes to that. Yes, I think he's going to be here. I would guess that he is going to be here. But here's I'm going to give you one. This is non, non-yes or no. Uh, free agent Gardner Minshew is somebody that's worked with Shane Steichen in Philadelphia as a backup quarterback. I would not yep. at all be surprised if Gardner Minshew is here, Tony. So if he's here, maybe that uh, obviously is in jeopardy of Ellinger not being here. But as of right now, I'd say yes. Are the Colts going to make a deal with the Bears to trade up for a quarterback, whether that's Bryce Young or they believe they'll be able to get C.J. Stroud uh, in four? I think they got it. I think they got it. I talked to Rick Venturi about this two days ago. I think you got to get up there. You don't want to settle. And the only way you're not going to settle is to get up there and get what you want. And Jim Irsay talked about it in that press conference. I don't think that he didn't mean to do it, but he likes Bryce Young. If they like Bryce Young, whomever they like to get 
who they like in this draft, long-term quarterback-wise. You have to get up there. I don't know if they'll end up getting up there, but I think they're going to try like heck. JMV, appreciate you being with us on the drivehubler.com hotline.